Oh, yes. It's the Hardcore Marketing Show. I'm Casey Cheshire, your host for this epic journey. And today's show is sponsored by Cheshire Impact, a company on a mission to help you maximize your use of marketing automation, Pardot, and CRM, Salesforce. CheshireImpact.com. Bam. All right. Well, let me introduce you to today's guest. Man, what an amazing story she has. Uh, amazing business story, amazing personal story, fighting against all the odds. But how I first found her, and I was on Amazon buying some great books, and Amazon said, hey, there's this book. It's called The One Hour Content Plan. And I thought, huh. If someone can summarize planning something like content, which some people think is just massively complicated, into a one-hour content plan, I got to talk to her. And so we hooked it up. And little did I know, she's actually in Singapore, and she has not just only written her own book, but she has also been a writer for the Huffington Post, for Marketing Profs. She is an expert in nurturing and content. And again, live from Singapore, Mira. Welcome. Hi. Hey, hey. Nice to be here. Yes. Thank you so much for being here. It's amazing. And I know it's 12 hours different over there, but somehow we're still talking live. Yes, it is. And I'm still alive, no matter what time it is. <laughs> yes. And you had some coffee. <laughs> I had a lot of coffee. Yes. Good, good. Well, hopefully this, that coffee plus just this topic that I know you care about so much will just keep us charged and going for for hours on end until, oh, of until morning. <laughs> so the theme, the theme for this month, um, it's a little bit of an overlap because you have expertise in, in several things. Uh, the theme is really around nurturing, but also that one hour content plan, the idea of the content that can empower your nurturing and, 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 and content itself and content strategy and, and just how can you plan out content in one hour. So that's really the theme and it all, all relates back to that CSI, that roadmap we have for people where they're trying to maximize their marketing with marketing automation, with CRM, and they might be jumping to a step further along before maybe making a plan. So we've talked about knowing your buyer, we've talked about setting up reporting. Now it's time to get into content and actually nurture people. So, so happy you're here. I want to just pass it over to you and say, look, it's late at night there. Do you want to just smash some myths, some bogus strategy you've been hearing and just want to like set the record straight? Yeah, I, I, I'd love to. I mean, there's a lot of crazy stuff that people talk about content. And, and the thing is, what really got me uh, to write this book was, you know, when I was speaking to clients and when a lot of readers write to me, they see content and then they see their business. And they don't really know how the two gel together, you know, so yeah. they know content is good. They know content is king. You got to continuously put content out in some medium. All right. But they're doing this because someone up there told them to do so, you know, mm. they don't really know why, and they don't really know how that's going to link to business. Right. So, I mean, yeah, I, I, we're going to get into all of that stuff. So like you mentioned, let me just talk about some of the things that I thought were true, but aren't really you know, I've come to figure out that it doesn't really work that way. And, and the most important thing is, you know, when we talk about buying, we all have businesses and our businesses solve a problem, right? So we have an offer, whether it's a product or a service, we want to make the lives of our customers better. You know, for that, they've got to buy from us. They've got to do business with us. So a lot of people think, a lot of business owners think that buying is like this linear process. 
So they think that, okay, someone hears about me, they come to my site, they, right. they check me out, they check my offer out, bam, they're going to buy it. You know, they think it's just one straight line. And, and you know, someone who doesn't buy from us at, after the nurture process or whatever we have set up, all that automation, if they don't buy from us, we leave them alone, we go back to finding new leads. You know, this is how we think it works. Right. But but the truth is, it's it's actually not something that's that linear. It's like this big chaotic process. I like to think of it like scribble, you know, because someone comes in, they find out about us, they may not necessarily sign up, they leave, maybe they hear about us, uh, you know, from another podcast or something like that. They come back in, uh, you know, that's when they're really discovering what, you know, their problem is, um, whether right. they even have something to be solved. So it's, it's not something that's simple. You know, people are like in and out and you have uh, your ideal buyer is on different ends of the spectrum. So you're not going to get someone who is completely aware. Like there are a few different awareness states and I'll get into that, you know, as we dive deeper into this sure. conversation. Like there are people who may not even know that they need your offer in the first place. You know, they, they may not even know the problem that your business solves. So those people are like problem unaware. They are kind of like at the top of the funnel. If you, if you like the name funnel, you know, they're to right at the top. And there are other people who have done some shopping around. They know that, um, you know, their business or their team has this problem, has this issue. They want it to be solved. Um, they know of solutions in the market. They know that one, is, one of them is, could be yours. So these are people who are like what I call solution aware. So they are more further down the funnel in a sense. So, you know, they've been around, they've read stuff, but not everyone is going to be there. So what you want to do is put out content to serve all these different people. You know, you don't want to just um, be stuck on one type of person. So that is one thing. Don't think of the process as like this straight line. Right. And I think what a lot of us do is there's this amazing book I was reading um, called Sticky Branding. Okay. by Jeremy Miller. And what he says, it completely blew me away. He says that at any one time, only 3% of your like audience are going to be prepared to buy from you. You know, so there is this huge untapped potential with that 97% that we right. just kind of neglect. You know, we, we, we think that if they don't buy, they're out. You know, we just go back to finding new people. You yeah. get new leads into the funnel. So it doesn't really work that way. So you need to kind of think like 360 with the people coming into your system. So just yeah. because they don't say yes right now, doesn't mean that they will not say yes ever. You know, that's one thing. That's such a good point. And, you know, I think about the conversations where it's almost like, you know, A happens first, then B, then C. Yeah. And, you know, it almost reminds me of like dating and other things where it doesn't <laughs> work out like this. It's all weird and wacky and you're not even sure where you're at anymore. Um, and, you know, sometimes I, we'll bump into sales or some groups where they have a model to your point where if someone isn't responsive to, or they can't even connect to them on a sales call within three rings, well, that lead you just paid $50 for, it's gone. It's almost like exactly or fold, like they're playing poker with a, with a poker hand. Um, and they're like, nope, I don't fit this poker hand. It's out. And maybe that's efficient for the sales rep. But, but to your point, the 97% of people who aren't ready to buy right now what are you just going to keep getting rid of 97% of all your leads that come in? No, you got to nurture them. That's really interesting. And then I also like the, the idea of the, the, the funnel or it's almost like the zones they're in different zones. Yeah. And I think yeah. back to, 
um, chemistry where we used to think, um, I'm getting deep on this one. It's Friday, people. Uh, I, I used to think about, you know, little electrons. Now I'm really geeking out. Electrons going around and they used to put them in a little line. They'd say, electron is absolutely positively in this line. And that's where they're at. But come to find out, that's not really true. They're kind of more in a cloud. It's like, it, it's probably in this area or this level. Uh, and, and that sounds very similar to you know, hey, prospects are electrons. You know, they're, they're kind of all over the place. And, and to your point, it's not linear. It's a squiggly path. They're probably in that particular, you know, electron cloud. And then eventually they're in that next one, that next part of the funnel. But it's not a linear process to get them there. That's really interesting. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and you know, I'm glad you mentioned that because the second thing I was going to talk about, and I mentioned this briefly in the first point, was about awareness states, right? So yeah. there are people who, you know, they don't know they have an issue to be solved. That's number one. Number two, people who are aware, but they haven't done any form of shopping around. And then, you know, those who are like solution aware, these are people who have been around, they've shopped around, they know of the solutions in the market. And then you have the people who are most aware. The thing is, what we do is we kind of overemphasize on certain um, uh, content types. So one of them being how-to content, mm. you know, your list posts. We, we kind of um, fixate on those and we neglect different uh, other types of content. You know, like um, for people who are further down the funnel in a sense, things like case studies, these, these would work, you know, uh, because they really amp up the desire and you, it gives them that really that final nudge to get them to, you know, say, yes, you know, hey, I'm going to do business with this guy, business with right. this lady, you know. Yeah, so we, we kind of miss out on the different pieces of, of, the, uh, of the funnel, like, you know, success stories. Uh, yeah. yeah, you know, so all of these things, it kind of brings your content strategy like a full circle. And like you mentioned, people are at different zones. So it, it kind of strings them all together. So even if one person says, hey, I, I don't think I'm ready for this yet. You know, if you have a, like, you know, different pieces of content, it's going to like pull them back into like your zone, you know, and yeah. it helps you be top of mind so that when they are ready to buy from you, you know, you're the first one that comes to mind. So yeah, the, I, I think like being, being top of mind is, is really crucial, especially now, you know, when, when the buyer is, you have a more aware buyer, someone who is wary, someone who is looking around, who has a lot of choices, being top of mind is really, really important. You know, that's so true. And, and I like that how you talk about as people go through the funnel, which you know, if it's flipped, if it's upside, hey, however they go through, call it a yeah. funnel, call it a, I don't know. Whatever. Yeah. Call it a, I don't know. We need some goofy words for funnel. Maybe <laughs> you can tweet me some. Um, but yeah, as you go through that process, it's the, increase, the, the increasing of awareness um, to the yep. point where they're unaware then they're aware, then they're more buyer aware to your point and their awareness yeah. of you and of what you do and your solution increases over time. Uh, I love that point. And you kind of snuck a second myth in there about how to content overly emphasized, you know, yeah. so true. It's almost like people can gravitate toward the content that maybe they feel more comfortable with. But I've seen even personally, uh, we had this, we had two blogs um, over at Treasure Impact and uh, one is a how to blog on Pardot. And we were putting a lot of resources and emphasis on that only to find out we were attracting people that were totally cool doing it on their own and didn't, didn't need us or want us, but they appreciated the help. And so it was like a good branding thing, but it wasn't exactly attracting the customers, customers. And whereas we had another blog it was more on strategy. It was a different approach, more success stories. Like you talked about, 
and that actually drove way more traffic. You know, thankfully we had them both tracked inside of Pardot so we could see, hey, we got a lot of visits from this one, but the deals are coming from this one, right? So, but yeah, that how-to content, it can be a double-edged sword to your point. It can yeah. bring in, I mean, what kind of experiences have you seen with that? Yeah, the, the, the thing is, that's a great example because I had um, uh, someone, she was like a service provider. So she provides like these expert services and um, she had a lot of how-to content and like the lead magnet she had on her site was also about, you know, how to do something. And um, the thing is, but she was gravitating towards like an agency model where she would do stuff for for these entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. and she didn't know and she was just attracting like a DIY audience, you know? Totally. So, so these people were like, wow, your stuff is amazing. You're great and all of that. But she was not getting any sales. No one wanted to really do business with her. So she had like a raving kind of wrong audience in a sense, you know, they loved her, but they were not prepared to do business with her. So, you know, it's no fault of theirs. It's, it's just that she was attracting these people. So how to is great. How, how would you, you know, instead of the how-to content, this person obviously wants to show that they know something and they also want to provide value. Yeah. So how would you? So, yeah, because I, I would probably shift it to um, talking about strategy, like you mentioned. So why would you do something? You know, because people would need to know what is your style of working? What is your take on strategy? for them to even be invested in, in working with you. Because, you know, if they, they dig into your style, they dig into the way you um, conceptualize the strategy or, or this process, and they, they kind of align with it, they see their business um, moving towards that model, they feel that you can help them, then, you know, that's great because you, you want to give them the, a piece of content where they can say, hey, I think this is for me, I think I'm going to do business with it, which is very different from if you're selling like a digital product you know so like a service model versus a digital product model is is kind of different so a diy audience for that would be fine which would be really good but if you're a service based business uh, not not quite interesting now i have a I'm curious about that because i've also seen this weird thing out there where sometimes people don't respond to the strategy they respond to like the tactics and you can, okay. it might be you know if we reach out to someone and we say Hey, we can really help you with this strategy for marketing automation or, or Pardot. And some people are like, yeah, that sounds great. Other people, oh, sure. Yeah, I don't have time for that. Um, someone else, though, hey, are you having some real weird issue with your email templates? You know, it's almost like a, and it, maybe not do it yourself. Maybe that's the thing. Maybe we're just speaking to their problem, but we're not actually telling them. We're not telling them HTML and CSS to fix it. Maybe that's the difference. We're, we're speaking to what their problems are, but we're not, then here's content to address it. So you don't even need to talk to us. Yeah, but it, it could also be that they are, you know, like I mentioned, they could be on a different spectrum. They may not really mm-hmm. be ready to, to discuss strategy as yet. You right. know, they're still on like a, let's do it ourselves, figure it out on our own before, you know, yeah. Right. before we are ready for that other part. Now, what about the viral things? I know we were chatting about that earlier too. Yeah. The idea of you know, everyone wants their content to go viral. Uh, yeah. Go viral, and get 10,000. I know. And, you know. No, and, and, you know, it's, it's funny because a lot of people think that that is like um, the end goal or that is really yeah. like an amazing thing. But the thing is going viral can have like a, it could be like a double-edged sword because, you know, like I always say, you could have, 
like maybe 5,000 people land on your site at you know, one day or given an, uh, given an hour. And yeah. let's say even if you do a pretty good job of capturing some of that traffic onto your, you know, your, your email list, because, you know, you have like an opt-in there or an exit intent pop-up, something like that. Are those people, can those people be primed to do business with you, you know? So it doesn't matter whether you have, it doesn't matter, the numbers don't matter, but, but, you know, what matters is the type of target audience that content is attracting. I think with any piece of content, that is like the number one thing. You want to attract the right audience and even more so, you want to be able to capture the right audience onto your system. Because if not, you're going to end up with like thousands of leads that are going to kind of like, fill your email list, give you an inflated um, idea of how valuable your email list is. But in the end, those people are not really ready to do business with you. But here's the thing. A lot of people tell me, you know, hey, Mira, yeah, fine. But can't I prime them, nurture them to do business with me? The thing is, it it doesn't really work that way because the people who get onto your list, they are raising their hands and saying, you know, I have an issue with this. You offered me the right lead magnet, so I'm opting in. But if you're going to attract everyone in, into your list, a lot of them are going to take way, way longer to be nurtured, to do business with you. And some of them are just, you know, it's just like a closed door. You know, they're they're just going to be sitting on your list and they're not going to do anything. So this is yeah. when your, your, your stats are like completely off. You know, you have a huge list, but your <laughs> opens are low, your engagement is low, and you're wondering what the hell is going on, you know? Right. Yeah. And then you think your list is worth a lot. Hey, I'm, exactly. I'm going to hit up my list. I've got a thousand people I want to hit up. Or I know, million, I know. But, but a lot of them came virally and they're not really interested. Maybe they just like exactly. your thing. Yeah, um, like, like for that one fleeting moment, you know? Yeah. yeah. And then that's it. Especially if it's one of those like consumer facing type campaigns where people just think like, this is hilarious. I want to get, I want to laugh again. And they have no interest in buying that car or whatever that, or buying that software or whatever you're offering. Yeah. Interesting. Viral also a double-edged sword because you may get 10,000 hits, but they could all be from the exact wrong people. They just were curious. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. You know, I was once working with a company where we were, we're bidding on some terms and one of them was transparent was the word. And um, that's a little generic. <laughs> you know, you usually want to get a little bit more specific than that. Uh, and sure enough, they were uh, finding, we did a little, you do, there's a report on AdWords that shows what people were searching for before they clicked on your ad. So you can see if there's something slipping through that you didn't intend. Um, okay. Almost like a little microscope version of what we're talking about here. And you can't do that on the viral videos. They just happen for the viral <laughs> yeah. content. I know. And sure enough, we found people were actually looking for the goofiest things. One being transparent scotch tape. They were looking oh, for no. tape. <laughs> and then they saw this ad that happened to have the word transparent in it, but not for tape. And they clicked on it. So it was literally costing oh. that company money to be advertising for that thing. And, and yeah, and if you're just looking at clicks, You'd be like, hey, this is this is great. This ad this is, this is great. Yeah. Super successful ad. Almost everyone clicks on it. Of course, they all click back and you know yeah. that money. But yeah. So I mean, have you have you bumped into people that have, have gone viral or did any of your things, you know, go viral in that sort of way or no. You know, my stuff never goes viral. Right. You're staying away from it, right? You're like, yeah, I don't you're know. Like, I don't it never goes to viral. <laughs> yeah. It never goes viral, but you know, I always see people like on, on Facebook groups, Hey, this post went viral. Yeah. And, um, 
yeah, it's it's always, you know, take a step back and, um, you know, yeah, have you optimized your site? Have you done all of that? But in the first place, where are those people coming from? You know, is it like a quality traffic source? Um, right. You know, the people from there, do you ex- have experience whether they can be, uh, do they even do business with you? You know, what are your stats showing? So the thing is sometimes, you know, the numbers really, it's really not a true measure of anything. And one particular thing is like the size of your email list, you know, like we were right. talking about. It's, it's crazy. Yeah. Or even like page views and stuff like that. Oh, preach. Yeah, totally. I, yeah. I'm, you know what I was the other day, I was thinking I would love to help people by default, turn off email open rate because sometimes we'll bump into the people that before we start working with them, they're obsessed with say open rate, um, maybe even click rate. And they think click rate is like a conversion. And it's like, all they did was click a mouse. <laughs> That's nothing. <laughs> I, so yeah. I want to turn off open rates. I don't care to people listening. Oh, email open rates. The idea is, you know, this percent of people opened your email, but it's never true. It's never exact. And, and it's usually lower yeah. than it really is because most people yeah. uh, in some software, Gmail does this outlook Correct. does this by default. It won't show images. So, and that's how, that's how the, it knows. It basically is a little magic image at the bottom of an email. And, and if that thing loads, then the email sending site knows that you open the email. But if you, if you right. have images turned off, you never know. And so yeah. my images are turned off. You never know if I open my email. So if you're looking at that metric to tell you anything, it doesn't really tell you much. Um, yeah. it, it, in the old days, it was like, well, if they saw my subject line and they clicked it, maybe they, but that's all hogwash. I, and to your point, it's conversions. It's those, those next steps is capturing people, yeah. the right people uh, way yeah. over those interstitial metrics like um, views or, or clicks. Yeah, exactly. You know, this this thing just popped into my mind because you mentioned yeah. it. Like there was this um, uh, piece of research that I was reading about, and it, you know, the, the truly, actually, what makes people open your email is actually your name, rather than like the subject line you use or anything like that. So if wow. they see your name and they recognize that with value, you know, they're gonna get something out of it. You know that's when they open the email. So a lot of people think it's like the images or the template or the subject line is actually not true. Yeah. So I was really fascinated with that. Yeah. Interesting. That makes so much sense too, because we're much likely more likely to read an email from a person. Yeah, exactly. Especially a person we know than a person we don't know. And if it looks like a name, we may recognize. Yeah. Or I, I wonder, was that a person's name or did it was even like company name? Like if you knew the company, were you also more likely to open it or was it company versus people? No, I, I think it's like both. They just mentioned oh. name. I think it was company name for that. Right. Yeah. So if you like yeah. recognize it, if you know. Yeah. If you recognize it, yes. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. Um, sometimes, you know, we've talked about this with people where uh, they, they, they blur and blend the idea of sending personal emails versus corporate emails and they're trying to be personal but then they have an, like a like a header image and all this design and like nine paragraphs. And like, that's not personal. Nobody writes nine paragraphs. This isn't like Pride and Prejudice. We're writing each other like long eight paragraph emails, right? This is yeah, not the case, like a wax seal at the bottom. You know, yeah. like this is not that. A personal email is probably like a paragraph and a half. I think that's when we were chatting about, hey, let's get this, you know, or let's get this all set up and, you know, chat, chat, you know, bullet, bullet. That's what a personal email looks like. And so sometimes people blend and blur that. But very interesting that it would be the name at the top. And you know what's funny? 
when you mentioned that, I thought, man, people hear that. But then if you abuse that, now your name will be known with auto delete. Yeah, I I know. Email from Casey, it was spam from his company. I'm going to, I'm just going to delete anything from Casey. And that just degrades that, that brand. So really watch that and protect that name that you're sending with. That's right. Yeah. So, you know, don't, don't abuse that for, you know, like a silly affiliate promotion, that's going to get you a few extra bucks. Yeah. It's going to make you $40 and then you're on subscribe list. Exactly. Jumps by like 3000%. Yeah. It wasn't quite worth it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Man, man. Well, I would love to talk about this book. So one hour content plan of things that should go viral. This should, um, <laughs> tell me back. Cause I know there was actually an interesting story about why you even wrote it in the first place. Yeah. I mean, you know, the, the thing is, um, like I mentioned, people had no idea how that content linked to their business. That was one. Yeah. And the question that a lot of people were asking is, um, where do I get ideas from? You know, is like, they were pretty much just, you know, coming up with things really from air, you know, they had no idea why they, they assumed some uh, uh, titles would go viral because for others it had gone viral. So they were trying to replicate that, that same success. So they would like just pick title. It's kind of like pulling things out from a hat, you know, but um, yeah, it, it never really linked to their business. So it was always, what do I write? What do I write? You know? So they were actually downloading, you know, if you go to a couple of sites, you have those um, like thousand um, headline types of, you know, those templates where you could just download them, you know, but it's like, you know, it's like teaching a man to fish versus, you know, like, like giving him the fish or cooking the fish or whatever, you know, you've heard of that. So they think that, you know, if you download all of that, they would kind of get those ideas, but it doesn't work that way because no. at the end of the day, you're going to, you know, go through them and then it's like back to square one. Right. So, yeah. So my thing was, I really wanted to address those issues. And um, like I mentioned, at the end of the day, um, how does that boost your business? You, if, if, if your content doesn't boost your business, you're pretty much creating content in a vacuum. Right. So, yeah, everything has to link, which is why I wanted to kind of give them a process to think through on um, how to actually come up with content ideas and, and how to come up with like a content plan. Interesting. You know, when, when you mentioned that list, I mean, I had to laugh because it's one of those things where it seems like it'll make your job easier, but all it does is further take you yeah. down the path of being inauthentic. And I think we're finding out that there's so much noise these days People yeah. abusing privacy, Zuckerberg speaking in Congress and all sorts of things happening, yeah. um, spam increasing, tricky clicks on emails, GDPR, all this stuff going down. Marketing gets a bad rap. And, yeah. and, it, yeah. and there's only like a few people that are earning it for everyone. Uh, and so when I think about you know, using titles, man, I could see how you may, oh, this title worked really well for company X. Oh, maybe it'll yeah. work well for me, but really exactly. you're just not being authentic and, and, and yeah. people are starting to sniff that. They can tell like what, this has nothing to do with you. Why are you even using this? This is clickbaity, you know? So, yeah. so you're, you're bumping into people trying to find a shortcut to do that because they didn't know how to create it on their own. Yeah. Be, huh. they, they basically had no clue in a sense, you know, yeah. they were just following advice. Content is good, but, but how does that help me? You know? So yeah, I mean, just, just to share a little bit, um, yeah. the, the thing with, you know, when you're coming up with like a content strategy or a content plan, 
it really has to be closely tied in with your business goals. Like for me, I, whatever content pieces that I plan are tied into like huge dates in my business. Um, what dates are important or are there like any milestones? Are you releasing like a new offering, a new service? You know, it has to be tied into that. So, you know, once you have a, a, like a gist of all those dates, a yeah. list of the things that you're creating the things that you're launching, you need to think about two things. Number one, uh, what problem does that solve for your audience? Okay, that's the main thing because all of our businesses have to solve a problem. Right. And number two, the second one is what, what are all the things that your audience has to know, you know, before they can say yes to you? Right. So, you know, now, when I, when I say what are all the things they have to know, this isn't just um, features or benefits of your product. More than that, what are the false beliefs that they're holding on to? Mm -hmm. What are the assumptions that they're holding on to? Because, you know, we have all of that crap within us. You know, before we buy anything, we always think, you know, you know, it's not going to work for me. It's not going to work for my business. I don't think it's right for me. So it's your job right. to Too actually to help use. them. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. I, I'm not techie. It's not going to work for me. Right. You know, so it's your job to actually help them break through all of those hurdles, you know, and find before they can actually say yes. So, you know, we, we, we hear all of this talk about like a pre-launch campaign. And the yeah. thing is, I think a lot of people don't really understand what a pre-launch campaign is, but this is actually what it's for, is to help them get over those false beliefs, assumptions, to oh. arrive at a space where they are like, okay, you know, finally, they're, they're willing to listen to you and, and nice. give your offer a shot, you know? So your content has to do all of that, you know? And, and, yeah, and you know, my, my husband is like a huge Apple fan. And if you look at Apple, you know, obviously they have like millions of dollars, you know, for their marketing campaigns, yeah. but you know, when they release a product, they have huge lines to buy that, but so way before months before they have all these kind of like educational campaigns going on, how to use this, what are the features yeah. you don't need another phone or you don't need another tablet, blah, blah, blah. And all of this is part of their pre-launch. It's to get over all of that. You know, I'm not techie. What, you know, the assumptions that people have inside of them. So that, you know, when, when you release that thing, hey, they're ready to buy. So your content has to do all of that. So when you tie your content strategy in with your business goals, this is what's going to happen because people are going to say yes to your offers when they are out there. And yeah, things are just going to gel and sync. That's cool. You're, you're um, softening up. I want to say soften them up, but that almost sounds like the wrong direction. But I like the fact that they've got, you identify they've got questions they've got these false beliefs yeah it's kind of like priming them in a sense priming them priming them yeah that's funny you mentioned that word um i feel i feel like you know we're almost like mini tony robbins you know like we're coaching people they have these oh this isn't gonna Pretty work i'll never be successful with this software yes you will be successful say yes and then you're trying yeah. to get them um you're priming them for being ready for when they do get to that stage it, you know when i think of marketing it's like priming the prospect and helping them with the questions, the false beliefs, the objections them, and everything. Objections, yeah. Painting the picture of the beautiful future. Cause sometimes we're yeah, so exactly. present. And then, yep. and then now it's like, and here's a salesperson to help you out, you know, he, Correct. and here's a human that's going to carry on the conversation, but get them. And that's the whole, the point of it is to get them all warmed up and excited yep. to your point. They're going to stand in line for that Apple phone. That's really interesting. Yeah. yeah. 
So, you know, it, that versus just coming up and saying like, you know, maybe one week before and then, hey, this is my thing, go buy my thing, you know, and, yeah. and, and a lot of businesses still do that. You know, it, it's, yeah, it, it's no fault of theirs in a sense, because I think they don't really understand that there's all of this background that needs to happen before yeah. someone says yes. Yeah, yeah, they just don't know any better. And, uh, but of course, that doesn't prevent them from getting unsubscribes either. But yeah, it's, they, <laughs> yeah. listen to this podcast instead of going out there and spamming. You know, I, I know what you mean, because, okay, the product's launched or they have this new feature launch on some software or some financial yeah you know, and here it is. And it's like, Hmm, that's, it's like, how oh, it's cold Turkey. It's just like, it's exactly. Like, yeah. And I still get emails a, like that. It's like jumping in a lake or a pool or a river. That's just cold. It's just cold. Right. And, um, and you're not sort of like eased into it. You're just, you're yeah. like, this is horrible. I'm getting out, you know, but you want to yeah. kind of get them. Okay. You know, this is warmer, warmer, warmer. Oh, this is great. Now it's a hot tub. I'm staying. I'm yeah. not getting out. I'm gonna stay and buy this yeah. off. The vibe that's very interesting yeah, yeah it's, it's just like you know like crossing a river it's like you know your 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 solution is on the other end yeah and then you've got like the stepping stones and and that is what your content has to do it's like to help them get from you know one part to the other right yeah and 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 like we spoke about um some people are not ready you know they they, they veer off tangent but as long as you have that string if you're top of mind like you know you nurture them continuously you know you, you pull them back on path and then you know, one day they'll reach the other end. No, I love yeah. that. And, you know, I've often heard of that part in the middle too, being the danger zone. Uh, they almost like top gun, but they call it the danger zone because you get introduced to someone and let's say to your point, 97% of them are not ready. So they, yep. maybe they ignore you or they tell you flat out, call me in six months, call me in nine months. And the salesperson doesn't know. Does that, is that even real? And, and they may not even be there at the company long enough for that to exist. So they're like, whatever. And they move on. And hopefully the move on just means they put you in a nurture campaign um, where marketing can, can warm them up, can prime them, can help them with breakthroughs and hurdles. Um, but otherwise, if they just delete it or they just, yep. they just do nothing with it, it, it sort of floats out there. But what ends up happening is, um, let's say they said six months, call me in six months it usually is something like some fraction less. So maybe two months later, whatever they said needed to fall in place, if they were truthful, fell in yeah. place. And now they're ready again. And yeah. they're going to start up that buying process again. But you're not the only one. They're not going to come. They may not come. They may forget about you. So if you're right. not top of mind, which is what you exactly said, you know, over and over, if you're not top of mind, they may go restart that buying process with a competitor. And typically what happens is the first person you talk to is the one that wins. So if they go to your competitor first because they're top of mind, maybe they yeah. sent them something or maybe they're nurturing them. They're going to go over there. So there's that danger zone in between not ready, which is 97% of people from that Correct. research and ready. So that's the part where they need that nurturing that you're talking about. Yeah. And, you know, I, I love that example that you said, because it actually happened to me and I was um, launching this cause and this lady, yeah. she dropped me an email and she said, you know, Mira, I'm not ready now, but keep selling me this. You know, she actually used actually those said words. Yeah. She actually said that, you know, keep selling me this, keep me on your list, keep me in your VIP list, whatever, but keep selling me this, but I'm just not ready right now. <laughs> the thing is, not everyone is going to say that, you know, a lot of people are just going to think that in their mind, but right. they're just, just going to stay quiet. So yeah. yeah, like you said, being top of mind, having like a nurture sequence, that always helps. You know, keep selling me this. I think about 
sometimes depending on different personality types or, or your, your striving instincts, you may use your inbox as a to-do list. And it's almost like you're outsourcing back to that sales rep. You're like, this actually does sound like a great idea. Or to this example that you mentioned, this, does, this sounds like a great idea. I'm not ready yet, but you know, please keep reminding me. It's almost like, give me that monthly reminder. Nope, still not ready yeah. yet, still not ready yet. I'm ready yeah. now. Oh, reminder came, let's do it. You know, and, and to your point, everyone's experience is different in that way, Correct. but there are that group of people that, that do want, they, maybe they're already sold, they're just not ready yet. And yeah. use nurturing to be able to keep them top of mind. I love that. So you had all these people, and so they're thinking crazy things. They're, it's almost as bad as going and buying just a random list and spamming it, is they're going and getting random subjects they didn't even write. Uh, I wonder if they're getting like content that they didn't write. They just fill in their industry in the, in the content. So they're doing all these crazy things, and that, you're just finally, enough is enough, and you were just writing a book? Or how, how did that all um, – like why, why a book and, and – uh, yeah. Yeah. I, no, the thing is I – I mean – I actually just wanted to get out of like my zone and try and reach a new audience. And, and you know, that was to self-publish a book. I mean, yeah, I, I, I had a, you know, group of subscribers. I, I had my own courses, but I just wanted to try something different in a different format so that it reaches more people in a sense. And, um, and uh, to be really honest, I didn't have that interest to create, make this like a cause. Like a yeah. lot of people were telling me, you know, Hey, you should, take this and do it in like a coaching format or something like that. But it just didn't interest me. So sure. Yeah. And yeah, it, it, yeah I could see and I'm happy I did presenting it. all over the world, you know, doing a little keynote, but yeah. Hey, you got to do what your passion is too. So, yeah. but you created, Hey, it works. We're chat, we're chatting. Right. So you yeah, 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 yeah. It, it helps get it in more hands. Yeah. Yeah, totally. So, so what, what, how would you describe the book? So it's, you know, one hour content plan. What was the approach you took? You know, how, what are some of the takeaways? You know, you don't have to give away the farm here because people got to go get yeah. this book. But what are some of the things that, that the book sets up and, and some of the nuggets from it? I think, yeah, it, it really starts off with knowing, you need to know if let's say like, you know, we take the example of the river, you need to know what your other side is, okay. what, what you're actually helping people get to, you know, because I think a lot of people go into business, they don't really know what they're helping their audience, where they're even helping their audience get to, because um, yeah, you're, you're kind of selling them that after. So you're helping them get from like A to B, you know, like the, the, the worst of them to better of them, you know? Yeah. So whatever type of business you're doing, it doesn't have to be marketing. It could be health, fitness, whatever. So the, the book starts off with helping you understand what that after is, what that other side of the river is. And then, uh, you know, depending on different. Well, is that, is that, stage, like, is that like your, your, your brand or your identity or you're trying to figure out the destination? I mean, destination first is the way to start a plan. Um, is that understanding where you want to get the buyer to, or just understanding what you do for them? Uh, it, yeah, that, that, that's spot on. It's understanding okay. what you are doing for them because, okay. you know, people are all, you need to come kind of get that down into like a nutshell. Yeah. You know, you have to kind of convince yourself what that is in a nutshell before you're even going to help anyone. Okay. So it, it, it starts off by doing that. And, you know, after that, depending on what, what stage you are at, because some people are, they, they don't have their own services. They don't have their own product. So they asked me, so, you know, in this kind of case, what kind of content am I even creating? 
see, this is a problem. When you have an offer or you have a service of some kind or a product of some kind, it's a lot easier to create content versus if you are kind of just, you have nothing, you're just starting up and, and you're like, uh, like a personal brand, you're kind of building that trust, mm. you're, you're figuring your way out, that is a lot more difficult. Right. So it teaches you like a, a, a process to kind of still keep you grounded to what your business is. Interesting. So I, I have this like three-step process. It's like the EOG process. So it's like the expert offer and goal. Um, uh, three different methods of coming up with content ideas. So the expert method would be something that you would use if you really have no offerings, no services, no products, nothing of that kind. Yeah. But if you follow that, it would still keep you grounded to what your business is and the vision that you're going towards. Interesting. You know, so you will not veer off tangent because it's really easy to veer off tangent if, if you're at that stage. Now, would you say expert, that's like thought leadership or, or you're an exactly. expert on topic and you're teaching people what's what? It, it's kind of like establishing your thought leadership, kind of establishing okay. your expertise because that is the state you're in. You know, you want to build trust. You want to get people to yeah, identify you with, yeah. hey, uh, this is her thing. Or like if it's email, I'm going to her. Or if it's like, uh, you, know, you know, LinkedIn, I'm going to her. You want to establish that. So this is where you would be really drilling into topics. This is where how-to content mm. is perfect, you know? So yeah, when you're still figuring out your way on your business, this is when it will really work. So the offer method is what we've been talking about all this while. You know, if you have services, if you have products, um, different content pieces to fit in the different awareness levels. So like mm. I mentioned, problem unaware, problem aware, solution unaware, solution aware and then the most aware so the five different uh, awareness states and different content pieces to fit each of these states now the thing is it doesn't all have to be like on a blog or a youtube channel or a podcast some of those content pieces can even transcend into like your email if it's like email is like your personal one-on-one -on -one exclusive space some of that can even transcend into email so it doesn't have to be all in one particular medium cool yeah, so that is offer. And, and the goal one, this is pretty much, um, it's kind of like a mix of both in that you have certain very fixed goals, like maybe you want to build your list up to certain numbers, you know, or you want to, um, I don't know, increase your affiliate marketing income to a certain bit. Uh, I think, yeah, that's a good example. Let's say you want to boost your affiliate income by, let's say, $1,000 for this particular product what are all the different content pieces you got to put out there? Mm. So it's really tied into specific goals that you have. Now on offer is the idea, the, the goal is, is built in. It's the product or the service that you sell. That's right. Whereas yeah. goal might be, it, it's still pointing at some destination. Whereas Correct. expert, expert isn't experts. Just like the destination really is trust, building trust in yeah. you. Yeah. Whereas goal, exactly. there's some, it, it, rather than just doing content for content sake, which we're saying is the Correct. wrong thing you have a, some kind of goal, whether it's a personal goal, affiliate goal, um, some kind of KPI you're looking to increase. You know, it could yeah. be, you know, I think for some of like the B2B companies around uh, keeping clients, you know, keeping clients. Keeping retention. Clients, yeah, retention, yeah. you know, getting rid of churn. Or maybe even it could be onboarding. Like you could have a, a series of emails and content around just getting people successful. Perfect, yeah. Bought. And you have a goal yeah. there. It's not around buying. They already bought. Uh, but now you're keeping them or you're retaining them. So, okay. You have goal type EOG goal content. Okay. I like yeah. That. So what, yeah. So whatever stage you're in, 
you know, you will find a process that works for you and it will keep you grounded to your business and that, and that vision that you have, you know, so that you don't go off tangent and then you come back six months later and you wonder, you spend all this time working on content and it's not boosting sales, it's not getting you leads. It, it, yeah, it, it just doesn't work. You, you don't want that. Yeah. Right. Right. You know, I think it makes a lot of sense to being aware, uh, being aware of the type of content. Well, first of all, the destination, this is like, you can't go take a step further. So you know what the destination is. Uh, and there's different kinds of destinations, but being aware of the destination types and also the content types that go along with it before you even write it, just that general awareness that some people don't have. But if you have that awareness, then that ensures that the, the next thing you do isn't going to be so completely off that you may never use it again. It's like a waste, you know? You're- yeah, and, and, and you won't just be hitting publish for the sake of hitting it or, or yes. you know, hey, I, I need to get something out this week. I have nothing, so I'm just going to put this out there. You, you'll never face that kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. You know, I've definitely heard it said that, you know, you want that consistency, but you shouldn't sacrifice the quality for that consistency, you know? Yeah, I agree. Uh, just just publish just to get that, that thing out there. Okay, great. You're regular and now is a shitty article and no one's gonna ever read your stuff again. So I know. Yeah, interesting. Never do that. Okay. So type of contents. So is that really key at the beginning of the planning process for the content plan? Just understanding definite destination, the type of content. Where Correct. where do you take people from there? How do you help them map out ex- execution? So yeah, the, the thing is with execution, it really depends whether you're like like a one-man show, whether you oh, have yeah. a team, you know, yeah. that is like like opening up a whole different can of worms. Sure, that's so, different you know, book. <laughs> it, it, yeah, that is like a different book. But you know, let me just share a little bit because if you have like a, a, a different team that is handling um, your content, you definitely want to have kind some kind of like a, like a guide, like a style guide or um, what is that term? They have a word for that. Like, you know, would you use certain phrases? Would you not? What is your brand voice? These are all things that come in. And in the book, yeah. I mentioned something like, um, what is that? It's called the ADDE. So it's like, what are your brand attributes? Okay. Then what are the do's and the don'ts? Huh. And how and what is the expression? So I call it the ADDE. Okay, so uh, you know what is you know like Casey, what are your brand attributes? Maybe it's like to be um, bold but fun, you know. Um, like but yeah, but <laughs> bold but fun. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, you know. So, so that's uh, A. Yeah. So that's A. But you need to be clear about what you're not. Okay. Mm-hmm. So you could be like uh, you know bold but not. Um, I don't know what is that word like. Uh, you don't use expletives or something like that. Yeah. You know, not Gary. Like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I always say yeah. Gary, Gary V and I are similar, and that the only thing that we're different is he has more hair and he swears more. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like I'm hardcore, but I don't need to drop f bombs left and right. Yeah. So yeah, yeah so I'm being, not is that correct? Yeah. yeah. So you need to be clear about what you're not, and then the do's is. Um, how would you express yourself? What kind of language would you use? The don'ts is like you mentioned, no F-bombs, you know, like uh, what do you definitely don't you? And, and the expression is where you get really detailed into like some people say um, they sign off with XOXO on their emails or like, um, I don't know, like, you know, like uh, more power to you or something like that. You know, people have those weird quirks. So what is in line with your brand and what isn't? Yeah. 
So that is like the expression part of it. So okay. you, ne you need to be clear on that so that you right. can hand that off to a team, you know, so that they can execute gotcha. that well. If yeah. not, if not, it's like, even though the voice is really going to come through and, and your blog or whatever you are on is going to look like is written clearly by like five different people. And you definitely don't want that, which is why this ADVE, which is like really comes down to your brand voice and the expression is important. AD, yeah. you know, is that, is that in the book? Yeah, that's in the book. Cause that alone is worth the price of the book right there. That there's <laughs> such clarity. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, yeah. yeah, no worries. It's like, hey, this those podcasts sponsored by, uh, but no, there's some real clarity in that. Um, yeah. So, so you said, now what was the A? Uh, the attributes. So the the, attributes. the the brand attributes. Yeah. So I like to get people to um, kind of narrow it down to two, three words that really encompass what your brand is. Two or three words. Okay. Yeah. You said yeah. you said bold, um, but fun. Yeah. Yeah, bold but fun. Uh, yeah, so it could be like three words, but you you also need to be clear about what what it's not. So you could be like fun, but not wishy washy, you know, because right. some of them are both. But but you're fun, but you're not that. So you need to be clear about what you're not. I, I think once you're clear on that, it's it's a lot easier. Mm. So so like you mentioned, you know that you you know you're very clear. Like no, I'm not Gary Vee. You know that that's 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 really good. But not yeah. everyone has the clarity. Yeah, you know, and I think a lot of people were trying to be everything for everyone, and that and by by our very nature, we're we're all kind of wishy washy. And but the people that aren't, we we almost like we were even if we don't like them, we respect that because they're correct. They're hey, this is what I am. Uh, I am what I am. Um, yeah. Okay. Now don't, can you, you write a whole bunch on that? You don't need like two or three words for that. Can you like write a whole paragraph on what you're not and that kind of thing? Or do you keep yeah, it? Yeah, you could. Uh, it's better to keep it simple. Like okay. if, if like, you know, you can find like a personality, like it, there are no like hard rules. Like if you can find a personality that is everything that you don't, you're not there. You can stick them there. You can stick okay. the name there. And That's I cool. actually encourage, like when I'm working with clients, I'd actually say if they have uh, difficulties with this, I would say think about um, like internet personalities. Who are you and who you're not? You know, whose values do you align with? Whose brand do you align with the most? And right. then it, it, it makes it easier to do this exercise. Yeah, I'd say yeah. You know, maybe my clarification sentence would be like, you know, the energy of Gary Vee without the potty mouth, you know? Yeah. Um, and, yeah. And, the, yeah. And the thing is, a lot of people, they, they, they mistake this. Like, you know, they really admire someone, um, you know, like someone has huge success, but they, they think that they need to be like them. They need to follow them in that sense. But right. you can admire and respect someone, but that doesn't have to be your brand. You totally. Know? Totally. Yeah. Yeah. That's the thing. Okay. And then the do, you want that to be simple as well. Correct. And the expression is simple as well. So, so the, the, yeah, the expression, the expression is where you could have all those, those quirky stuff. Like, you know, um, uh, some people, they, they, they like, they would, um, I, you know, idolize, like, uh, when you're saying in a certain way, like, really, you know, they would idolize that or some of them yeah. would use it in caps. Uh, so what are those really, this, those tiny little expressions, you know, like, do you use what as in W H A A T and you say, say what, you know, those are little things right. that you would want to put down in the expression. Yeah. Right. Everyone has a different way. And uh, you know, pretty much sometimes when you're reading things, you can actually picture that person speaking it out. So it, it. It, it really depends whether you're a personal brand or, and if you're like, like a company, 
you know, do you have like a persona for your company? You know, if your company was this one person, what would that person be? And then you could write that down. Right. Okay. I like that. And I also thought of, you know, the Cheshire Impact logo is like a, it's a bar chart fist. So it's like, you know, I'm punching the screen. Everyone at home was like, what was that? But uh, I'm punching the screen and it's like this fist. And so I threw that on LinkedIn after my name and uh, it's part of our logo. It's underneath the microphone of the Hardcore Marketing Podcast. But yeah, so imagery and, and style design things, but also to your point, kind of the kind of words or the phrases you'd use, how you express yourself so that in your, in your, you know, earlier words and point, you don't have a blog that looks like it's written by 90 people. And even if it is written by, you know, three or four different people, it's okay. You call out their names and let them own that work, but let's have everyone writing uh, in the same, I don't want to say the same style, but so that it doesn't seem like eight different companies you're looking at. Correct. Yeah. Yeah, there's this um, interview I saw. I, I don't know if you heard of the brand called, um, I think it's uh, Poopuri. It's like a spray. Um, it's, it's, it's a really unique kind of product where you need to spray before you do like your dump or something. So that, it, it, yeah, it, it smells really nice. And, and the founder, she actually had this really cool thing in that she said that every single person in the company knew who this persona was as in this this lady so it was a lady for them and it is like this one person who signified their entire company and everyone from the the customer service to the guy who packed up their products knew very (laughs) well who that who that person was so when they were dealing with customers when they're writing their stuff replying to emails it would be this coming from this person even though there was someone else behind it so that's just that's just a different way of looking at it, you know. Interesting. So yeah, so, yeah they're very clear about Poo, who they're representing. P O U. Yeah, Poopery. Yeah. Poopery. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and I see yeah. the brand and the style has a like a like a housewife from the fifties or something or the twenties. Yeah, yeah. That with decades, but yeah, interesting. So to your point, they have there's a single voice that they're looking Correct. to speak from. Correct. Interesting. Very cool. Okay, so. Wow. Okay. So a lot of great prep work here on, in this book. So we're, I mean, the first thing we're doing is we're thinking about the EOG, the expert, the offer, the goal, and then the AADE. Cool. 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 And then you basically send them off to create ideas or, or what do you, you know, what's the best way to then come up with these ideas? Your point is don't do it in isolation, right? So do you have a particular method for it's time to write an article or it's time to write create something first thing I should do you know that kind of thing for me I, I don't like to plan out like a year I, I like to keep it to like six months because okay, I like that yeah. um yeah like six months is this ideal because you know you can take what works and then you, a lot of things change like for me when I was looking back at my my notebook and you know I had like plans for the next six months like I'm not going to do half of them you know so yeah. I would definitely not suggest doing something for the whole year so take your six months, um, work out your main goals, like what does your business want to achieve, uh, key dates, and then this is when you can sit down and then think back on uh, uh, the content ideas. So the main thing, number one, is to have a goal. And then once you have that, you would know what you're working towards. You could work back on your content ideas. And then this is when you're going to start plucking in the dates. So once you start plucking in the dates, and you also want to keep in mind where you're going to promote them. 
you know, because uh, promotion is something that even I, you know, I, I fall through in the cracks because we don't get it in as much hands as it should. So right. what promotion channels work the best for you? This is where you would also want to plot that down because if it's not written, it's, it's not going to get done, you know? Mm. So if you need to repurpose it, um, you know, if you need to get in a different medium or different format, go ahead. You need to write all those dates down as well. Interesting. You know, it's such a key point. Um, and, you know, yourself and pe people that are in the know, they say, look, it's not enough just to write this beautiful content. You got to promote it because yeah. it might be your baby, but no one's going to ever read it, watch it, hear about it. Yeah. It's the exact opposite of the, the viral thing that has the wrong people. You might have the, exactly. the perfect thing for the right people, but if they don't know about it. And it's yeah, also yeah. Not just going to find it. Correct. Randomly come to it in jobs. You got to get it out to them. So that's yeah. definitely an important part of the plan. That makes sense. Yeah. So, you know, you know some of them yeah. like to do ads and then like, that is like a, a different strategy. You know, some of them like to boost their, uh, the content sure. pieces and stuff like that. That is something that you would want to write that down as well. Yeah. That's very interesting. Yeah. I, yeah. I was working with a uh, company in New York and one of the challenges they had is they had this, um, this this white paper that was written by, you know, they didn't they didn't go through these steps. The you know the the ADDE they didn't think about what's the goal, the destination, and they had this really expensive attorney for like a thousand dollars an hour. By the way, that sounds like that sounds great. That sounds like a great job. But um, write this very expansive white paper on this topic, and I asked them, you know, wh what was the goal, or you know, what question we're talking about the questions and the hurdles you were trying to help people jump over what hurdle or question or, you know, or false belief did this help address or signing up new clients, you know, for your, your thing. And, and no one had an answer and they all realized yeah. at the same time we spent buckets of money on this yeah. thing and we hadn't done that work to plan. So I think it's so important. I'm so glad you wrote this book, even just like a, it's like a starter kit, like, Hey, you, you know, if you have no plan, you need something and it, yeah. you don't need that perfect plan, but you need something written down to your point. If, it does, if it's not written down, it's not going to happen. You know, if yeah. it's not measured, it's not going to improve, but it's not written down. It's definitely not going to happen. Um, so yeah, that it's so important to have a little bit of that forethought. And then you end up with that 27 page article that can be really helpful. You can, to your point, repurpose it all over the place and, and go crazy with your content and nurturing and all that. Yeah, it, it, it's, it's kind of like magic almost, you know, you have the right content piece, you get the right person in. And if you think a little deeper, you even get the right lead magnet, you know, something that takes them from that content piece yeah. to that one little next step, then they're ready to opt in. And then if you follow that up with like this nurture sequence, it's really almost like trudging, you know, it's kind of like a tray and then they're really moving along and if right. it, it, it clicks for them as well. And this is where you get all those emails saying that, I'm so glad I found you. You know, when you're getting feedback like that, that's when you know that yeah. each of your content pieces has done its job right. and your people are really on that journey to its whatever offer you have at the end. That's yeah. cool. And you know what? You told me this earlier and I'm starting to see it now. You mentioned you're a huge email nerd. You just love <laughs> yeah. email. Yeah. And it's even now you're like, yeah, let's do this. So, I, you know, taking content the next step into email, do you have any tips or best practices on you know, e you know, either structuring that email or that nurture sequences, maybe like you just mentioned, different ways you can, you can form it. So it really supports your goal or getting to your goal. Yeah. Like, uh, like I'm like 
a huge fan of that nurture sequence. It's, yeah. It really works very well if you do it right. Um, and, and the thing is, one the question I'm asked the most is, how frequent should your emails be for your email mm. sequence, for your nurture sequence? And I always say, when someone just signs up, that's when they are most excited about your brand. So don't hesitate to hit them one a day for at least the first three days. You know, uh -huh. people have a different take on it, but that's what I do. And that's what I recommend like my clients do as well. So when you do it like that, you know, one email, the first three days, you know, it kind of lets your brand sink in, you know, like and, and if you do it well, these three days, which is why these three days, what I usually like to do is obviously you have your welcome email. You, you talk about your why, you talk about uh, why you're doing this, whether they're in the right place. And I kind of like to add like a PS in there. And I think the PS is like the most underrated kind of email real estate. Mm. You know, uh, you kind of say, you know, tomorrow I'm going to share something really juicy. And, and you kind of pump it up with like, like a bullet, you know, like how you would do it with a bullet. You make it enticing so that they're going to be looking out for your name in their inbox the next day. And the second day, and in the second day email is like the most important, if I know if you want to call it that, because this is when we are going to break down all those mistakes and all those myths that people are having nice. about your topic. Because I've found that the easiest way to gain someone's trust is if you break down things that they have taught to be true all their life, and then you put it in a way and they realize that, oh my God, you know, what was I thinking? That is when you're going to really get that trust. So I like to do that in the wow. second email. And if, if yours is like a really heavy topic, you could carry that on to the third email. But the third email is where you could do a little bit of like a, like a quick tip or something like that, you know, that helps them. Like, you know, something like I mentioned, ADDE, if you just, you know, place that out in the email and they're going to get like light bulbs. Wow, this is something that I could take and I can run, I can do something today and actually have it outlined. You know, like yeah. a quick tip. Yeah. So yep, with some potential action items they can take. Yeah, exactly. So you want to do this for the first three days and, you know, believe me, if you do that, you already have like a lot of goodwill built up. Okay. And, um, it really depends on what you want to have done at the end of that sequence. What is like your end goal? So for a lot of people, if you know, they want to pitch a call, so they want to pitch a clarity call, whatever that is, you want to kind of, there are two sequences that you can use. One is IDA, which is A-I-D-A. It's kind of like a copywriting formula. So it's like attention, interest, desire, and action. So you're already gaining the attention because in the second email, you're kind of breaking down those myths and mistakes, all right? So interest is when you're kind of like giving them those quick nuggets that they could like implement really quickly. Yeah. So desire is the, the email that you do after that. This is where you could show like some client case studies or you could show, paint a picture of the after, okay? Yeah. Yeah. And then the action is when you could say, you know, Hey, why don't you like take the next step? You know, you know, whether you're pitching a product or uh, a free call with your salesperson, something, you know, so this is roughly how you would structure like a nurture sequence. Mm. And by the end of the nurture sequence, even if they say no, you know, you're going to be top of mind mm. and it depends if you're going to be regular with your communication with them, then you've got like a fan for life. Pretty Interesting. Much. Interesting. Yeah. You know, what's interesting about this. Um, I, I love this. And even, even people listening that are in a B2B sense, sometimes they're like, Oh, well, my sales cycle's nine months. So why would I try to hustle someone three, three weeks in? 
Well, that 3% or that other group, um, there's exactly. a particular drip campaign. I, I was chatting with uh, Susan from Cheshire Impact on a previous podcast, and there's a particular nurture where you flip everything. You give people late content first, then early, then um, or late, then mid, then early, because there may be some people that come in and they're ready to go. They're ready, so yeah. You yeah, give them the chance to just go ahead and pull the trigger, and then everyone else that doesn't want to do that, now you can go ahead and give them some yeah. other content, some other content. But I like this because there's a particular pattern to it, and you're also deliberate, and you're, you're saying, hey, do you want to take a step? You know, I think sometimes we get shy, we get gun shy around unsubscribes, and, you know, test it, right? Test it for yourself, yeah. find out. But what I think is really interesting is the idea that when people first get on your list, that's when it makes the most sense to talk to them because exactly. you're, or maybe you're talking right now and people probably have more patience for you. Then if you sent them three emails in a row, three months from now, they're like, who are these people, man? They keep harassing me, um, yeah. but they were doing the research. So you're being helpful, especially if you have value in each one. When, I mean, you're not saying this, I'm not saying this. We're not saying just spam someone and make them buy, buy, buy every email. We're, we're warming them up through this process. Correct. Yeah, that's cool. So, yeah. It was you said there was another is there another one too there's the AIDA and there's a different yeah uh, the other one is uh, PAS or PAS so that is problem agitation and solution okay. so it, it it's pretty much it, it kind of models after IDA but it, it kind of takes a more aggressive stand because it, more it talks a lot than, about more aggressive than the other one wow. yeah more aggressive than because it's like it's it, it hits the problem and then it goes into agitation so you're basically like hitting all those pain points is kind of like rubbing salt on wounds in a sense. Oh, so yeah. Ida is more of like easing them into it, but, but the PAS is something that is more suitable for like, I would say like an, an active sales sequence. If you're launching something right now, like it would be more suitable for that. So it really depends on, on, on your style, on, you know, on, on which one you want to use, but just following these two formulas, it really helps you to flesh out your, 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 your sequence. You know, and so true, you mentioned that's best for an active sales sequence. You know, sometimes I think we, when we look at our, our email list and our segmentation, we forget to use the data that can be in our CRM. We forget to use the sales data. Um, we're just looking at marketing data. Who are these people? Maybe what segment should they be in? But where they're at in the process is important. Correct. So to your point, we could, we, we could go some, some nice uh, warm-up style or three three days and then a month at a time or weeks at a time but man if someone's in an active deal or they're about to be or they're about to be handed right over to sales let's give them a little let's give them the pass let's give them you know an aggressive little salt in the wound yeah. and get them ready to buy that thing exactly and, and they will not mind at all you know they're right because they're yeah, they will not they're like i know you're you're speaking right to me i have the same problem. i feel the pain yeah. too, and wow you guys exactly. are really so, but being smart about where you use them based on where people yeah. are at in the process. That's really cool. Very cool. So this is <laughs> awesome. Like, who are you? I, you're in Singapore. You're staying up late. Man, I've took you to your next day. <laughs> I'm looking at the clock here. Oh my God. Yes, you did. Uh, hey, happy Saturday. Or is it? What happy day? Saturday. It is. Saturday. Happy Saturday. Friday. Thank you. <laughs> How's the day looking? Is it good? Will it be good for me? It's good. It's good. Everyone okay. to sleep in my neighborhood, but I'm still kicking. <laughs> you're still here. So, you know, before I let you go, I, I love to hear this, you know, some of the story about how, you know, you started and I, I believe you went to university for something like you're thinking and even in your head, something different, you know, and, and it, 
take us through that. Like what, how did you, how did you become this book superstar, you know, uh, podcast and all this kind of stuff? You know, I'll just say I was, I'm like the last person to ever become an entrepreneur. Like no one yeah. in my family is, you know, so, you know, some people say, I always knew I wanted to be an entrepreneur. You know, I was like, I, I sold the lemonade. I, I traded the cards. I, you know, I was none of that. You know, I was right. like the nerd sitting in the front row in class, raising my hands. You know, I was always like, after college, get a job, you know, go to work. But that was kind of right. like what was drilled in. Yeah. But yeah, so, you know, I, I did international relations when I was at, at corporate and um, I created marketing assets, stuff like that. So I had a little bit of experience sure. working in marketing. But, um, you know, once I, I became a mom, I wanted to take a, a, a take a break from work. And I did that. And I was actually ready to go back to work before I, I kind of had like a health scare. Yeah. that really like kind of stopped me in the tracks and I had to let that job go and um, I just sought myself out first and after I did that I was just at home and like what do I do now so that is when I actually started my started you know sharing ideas about marketing on my blog and things just picked up from there were you were you intentional or deliberate about that or were you just sort of getting a you know when you had that pause you're like whoa you know yeah. don't scare and so glad it you know it worked out and but you're like huh was it like I don't really want to do that other thing is that kind of the thought or what kind of thought did you have why yeah I, why did you not is, just go back into you know corporate life that kind of thing I, you know, I don't know I, I kind of took it as like a signal or a message or a sign yeah, you know okay. however you call it cool. I was like yeah. you know maybe slow down a bit maybe you're meant to do something else you know right. so um yeah, I, I was serious about it in that I wanted to do something uh, with like some businessy thing, even though I was not really convinced myself. My family definitely wasn't convinced. They were like, really? You know, yeah. Family but can be tough just, that way. Yeah. Yeah. And especially because this is like uncharted territory, uncharted waters. You know, no one has done this before. Yeah. So, and, and someone on the internet, really? You're going to put your face up there on the internet? <laughs> You've got they, all these different they were things. Like, Wait, you're not going to become a doctor or a lawyer or you know, work, get a stable yeah. job, like we want you to. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So, yeah, but, but I only take it seriously. And, um, but one thing was, I think I was smart about, I'm happy that I did that was I took email seriously from day one, you know, email and content. These are two things that I took really seriously from day one. So I wasn't, wasn't just pumping like thousand word things just to fill up my calendar. I was never, and I was pretty intentional about things from day one. Sure. So I think that really helped a lot and, um, you know, attracting my people and stuff like that. Yeah. So like they say, the rest is history, but you know, you, it's you like started just blogging and why you're yeah, pretty much. And honestly, like a lot of people think that, uh, blogging is like this really easy thing. Honestly, it's like the most difficult way to grow a business because you have a blog and then you are thinking about your products or your services and the people that you want to attract. It's, really difficult especially if you're not going to do ads you know if you're doing ads right. and stuff like that you can get it going a lot faster but if you're not it's it's a pretty difficult business model if you're going to build a business from that it's pretty difficult but that's how i started you know i just started blogging putting out content out there and then the audience just started to find me and that's when i thought hey you know maybe i had something here that i can turn into a business yeah you're right that's really hard that's like a grind you, you could write the thing and then you know, is anyone going to... Nothing happens. Yeah, precisely. Yeah. yeah. And you're yeah. slow and steady. You just, you know, the same kind of work ethic you had at all the other in, at school. Yeah. And, 
and uh, the other job, you just kept yeah, it, that helped. kept consistent and you kept your quality so people could rely on those posts and, and eventually yeah. grew something. So this is, this is really cool. Where can people go and find out more? Obviously they can get the book on Amazon is the best place to get it. Yes. Okay. Yes. So and get the book. This is how it looks. It's going to look go. upside down. It looks yeah, really cool. I, lo I like it. And, um, and the, the picture online makes you like, is it really a book? But it really is. And it, yeah, it's, a, yeah. it's, a, it's a good one. So get the book on Amazon, but uh, your website, why don't you give out some URLs and you know, Twitter or wherever people can connect with you. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm, my, my dad's name is really difficult to pronounce, but it's, I think you can leave the links in there. So it's Mira Kotan. Okay, so it's M-W-E-R-A-K-O-T-H-A-N-D. So I'm on Twitter there. My site is the same as well, mirakotan.com. Yep. So you can go there. And um, if you guys want like, like a one page, I have something that I created. It's like a content strategy kind of one page thing. It's just a single page that will help you kind of flesh out ideas. Oh, that's cool. It's just mira.tips tips yep. slash content. That's, that's it. It's a short link. Mira.tips slash content. That's yep. a cool short link. Yes, it is. I like that. Okay, yeah. great. Well, this has been fun. Thank you so much for doing this. I mean, I've learned Thank a lot. I've got, I've got like pages and pages of notes over here. Amazing. So this is awesome. <laughs> Learning from the Thank best. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, I, I love talking about this stuff. So I, I could like, just, just, just go on, you know? Really? Yeah. Well, I got to get you to sleep so you can enjoy <laughs> your Saturday. But yeah, let's do this again and circle back around. This has been a blast. Yeah, I know. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. And everyone listening, if you learned something here and if you didn't, then you're brain dead or something but if if you learn something here uh share this with someone share it with a colleague or share it with uh, someone else on twitter or facebook just so they can learn from this too and learn from mira um and this has been the hardcore marketing show we will catch you all later Bye.